how to podcast. <laughs> hey, hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the last ones in podcast. I am your host, Dry Archuleta, and with me today we have Robbie. Hello. And E. Hello. And the movie that we're going to be watching today I am extremely excited about, The Revenant. I'm also excited about this one. Because this is uh, one of the few ones that I have seen, but you two haven't seen. Yeah, uh, Liz was actually talking to me about this last night. She's like, I thought you had seen that movie before. Yeah, same here. Yeah. like, um, There's a reason why I bring 90s movies here. It's because those are the only movies that are like uncharted territory for you, it feels like. So whenever something newer comes <laughs> out that you haven't seen, I'm like, what? Yeah, no, so I just haven't seen it. I am excited hesitantly. Uh, I've had a lot of caffeine today. It's maybe the wrong movie to have a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Or the right one, if you want to try to, well, I don't know. This movie, it's calm up until it's not. That's what I've heard a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Calm um, before the storm, but also the storm. <laughs> yeah. And then more calm. And then another storm. And then, oh, look, the sunshine. And then another storm. <laughs> that's, that's about the weather here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but before we get into that, I'm going to ask E. Hi. What's up? How you been? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. You look tired. Uh, I was uh, working on my game, as always, and that'll be the case until it's done. Yeah. And then what? probably more after it's done. <laughs> well, that's modern game design. Yeah. I animated for the first time in a while, actually. Nice. So on Sunday, I couldn't do anything, so I was like, I'm just going to animate, because that doesn't take a lot of brain processing a lot of times, <laughs> honestly. Just do the thing. Yeah, just draw the same picture, slightly different, 800 times. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, new new Binding of Isaac DLC came out, so I've been playing that. Nice. I had heard a little bit about it. Yeah. Is it good? I like it a lot. Is it still Binding of Isaac? Yes, fair. Uh, and it incorporated one of the best mods, so. No tier mod? No. <laughs> Gun mod? It was it was a mod made like before the last DLC. Oh. And it actually overshadowed that DLC for a while. Really? Yeah, it was that good. Wow, that's cool. And now it's in the game officially, and that's great. Very nice. Yeah, so playing that. Um, Other than that, just kind of having fun with uh, watching April Fool Japes yesterday. Japes? Yeah. What's a jape? What you do on April Fool's. You, are you also lost, Robbie? Yeah. This is jape. It's a real word. I don't know. <laughs> What's joke? Kind of. Like, j- like japes are in, in the intent of fooling people. Jab? No, jape. It's a real word. <laughs> <laughs> is is this some like boomer thing that we just don't get? Or zoomer thing that we don't get? <laughs> say, Damn. Yeah, is this some kind of zoomer thing that we don't get? <laughs> Feeling my age. <laughs> the first time Christ. I felt my age is like I actually had to ask a 13-year-old, like, what the hell is this whole thing with Bella Poach on TikTok? What? What? Uh she's like the uh I saw a thing that was like the most popular TikToks of the year. And I saw what it was, and it was of this person named Bella Poach, and she was doing this song called M to the B, and it was just her mouth singing to it and, like, bobbing her head back and forth like this. And it was the most watched, like, 500 million views, and I, I don't get it. She's female. I, that's, uh, that's all I could think of is, like, I guess it's, like, a bunch of pervs just boggling yes. over a girl. <laughs> that's that mostly the internet. That is TikTok. <laughs> is mostly that. To be fair, though, like, there's other women on TikTok. Also staring so- at the other women. Maybe TikTok is a staring at women generator. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am back on my bullshit because 
and yeah, it looked kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I got vaxxed, so I'm just real cool with going to the theaters now again. Hooray! Um, yeah, I'm I'm back on that. Consumed every single movie. Yeah, all one of them. Like <laughs> There's three. nothing in theaters. There's like three now. Yeah. Three movies in theaters. I think you've seen both of all of them, anyways. But yes, the one that I want to see in theater, I still haven't. Is Kong versus Lizard? Oh yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, uh, I'm. I I watched it on HBO Max. So why do you want to see it in theater? Because big and to... louder, bigger and louder. <laughs> also, he he likes the theater. It's his. I get I don't that, but he's seen space, the movie. Kind of you know, you go in there and you. Dunk your fingers in the Coca-Cola machine. You do the cross on your head and your chest, and then. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I actually don't really want to see Godzilla in theaters because I don't like when it's super bass loud. It hurts my ears. Oh, it's so good in the Dolby. It's mastered for Atmos. The Dolby Atmos theater here, so good. Yeah, and you probably feel every bone in your body shaking as Godzilla steps throughout the city. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> Step on me, lizard daddy. <laughs> So Robbie, how have you been? <laughs> Busy. Uh, as you guys know, mostly organizing. Like, uh, I did spend like a day or two this week cleaning up my old apartment before I moved out, only to find out that like, like one thing about apartments is they've always found a way to keep my security deposit. Well, of yeah. course, yeah. we live in a state where <laughs> that's legal. Yeah, I mean, they did that in, whenever I lived in Utah too, though. But yeah. That day that I was supposed to move, and they knew I was supposed to move, because like I think I let them knew, know like three months ahead of time when I was moving. Right. right. Uh, it also happened to be right around the time of Labor Day, and so they closed their office early. Like, three days before Labor Day, they closed it early. Like, so on a Thursday, they weren't open. Good. And, yeah. And that was the day that I was supposed to leave. And, like, they locked their office, could not return my key. Like, they didn't have a drop-off box or anything there. <laughs> and so I just, I left them a me- message saying, like, left the key in a drawer on the kitchen. I'm leaving the state. Like, I, I can't stay here kind of thing. Like, I, I, got, I have to leave today. And I called them and let them know. And they called me back, like, three or four days later. Like, hey, you're supposed to move on Friday. And, like, me yelling at them, like, your office is closed on Friday. And they're like, well, you're supposed to be moved out. And it's like, I am moved out. I'm like, oh, well, we need the key back. The key is inside of the apartment. Well, we need you to give us the key back. I am not in the state. You need to, it, It's on the kitchen counter. Go get it. And, like, they left me a message later on that day saying they couldn't find the key. And so I, like, left them, like, three or four angry messages letting him know where the key was. And eventually they finally said that they got the key. And whenever I got my um, – I ended up getting a bill from them that uh, – it was, like, three days of prorated rent along with um, apparently, like, something that was a thing whenever I first moved in there. But I got charged for it because, of course, I did. Was uh, the toilet seat was cracked? Not toilet seat. The toilet lid that goes on top of the toilet was cracked, and so they replaced it, and I had to pay forty dollars out of it. And so instead of me getting my security deposit back, I owed them sixty bucks. Like, listen, up their ass. We closed this office so we could charge you more. We're gonna charge you more. It, pretty much, yeah. But yeah, with this one, uh, whenever I talked to them, because like you know, moved out, and but I still owed a. I guess I still owed money for what my utility bill was going to be that month. And as you guys know, this place has crazy utility bills. Yep. And they're like, oh, we're just going to take it out of your deposit. Don't worry about it. I mean, I fucking guess. <laughs> so I'm not expecting to get the security deposit back either. Yeah, I, I would not expect to see that money ever again. <laughs> no. You, you never do. Like, So yeah, like usually whenever I, give a, whenever I give an apartment complex a security deposit, like I just expect them to keep it. Yeah. I didn't get mine back. And like... I, the apartment that they had me inspect at first wasn't even the apartment I was living in most of the time. Great. And they never had me resubmit. 
but the apartment I was living in then had a better, like, like there weren't broken walls or anything, and I still didn't get my fucking deposit back. Yeah. It's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. But because I'm still playing Cyberpunk, I installed the new patch, which is supposed to fix a whole bunch of things. 33 gigabytes for that patch. Yeah. From what I understand, it doesn't fix the things that it really needs to either. Uh, It fixed a couple of them, and then it there's a couple other things that it broke. <laughs> Yeah, sounds but like yeah. a PC patch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been up to. That and work, mostly. Nice, nice. All right. Well, let's get on to the main show, main center state. What's the thing? Yeah, that's a saying, right? Let's get on to the- Let's do the do. Let's get on with it. There we go. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, the Revenant, which Robbie will be presenting today. Because I'm the one who's watched it so far. Yeah, me and E have not seen it. Yeah. So, I guess, that being said, uh, for what little you guys know, I think it, Dry knows a little bit about this movie, so I think I'll ask E first. Hi. What do you think this movie's about? Um, I think a revenant's a military term. Not really, but go on. Uh, <laughs> so there's a guy in the military. <laughs> <laughs> he is the revenant. <laughs> <laughs> And he's put into war uh, in non- To do his revenancing. <laughs> yeah, to revenant the country. <laughs> <laughs> good guess, good guess. I don't know. I didn't know this movie existed. I, can't, I don't really have a guess. <laughs> uh, this is very cold. I think, yeah, I'll, I think I'll give I you that. It. I'll give you that. <laughs> it looked cold, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can't feel the frost that's sitting on the front of this cover. No, no, not at all. Drya, what do you think this movie's about? I think I know everything that happens in this movie, actually. Okay. Uh, you've explained it to me before. All right, with, whenever I was like trying to sell you on watching this movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, a man, missing son, looks for son, fights bear. Bear chews him. Like, arr, 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 bad bear, and he fights the bear off. And then finds son. I mean, you're closer than E, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I could He didn't even say it was cold. Oh, goddamn! it. Shit. Uh, wait, no. 50-50. 50-50. <laughs> you said your piece. <laughs> the other thing I know about this is it was all shot in natural lighting, which I thought was yeah. cool. I remember seeing that on the internet at the time. Yeah, this is all very outdoors. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, since you guys had your guesses then, I guess I'll go ahead and read the back of the box. Leonardo DiCaprio is an Oscar-winning performance in a cinematic masterpiece inspired by true events and winner of three Oscars. The Revenant follows the story of legendary explorer Hugh Glass on his quest for survival and justice. After a brutal bear attack, Glass is left to die by a treacherous member of his hunting team. Against extraordinary odds and enduring unimaginable grief, Glass battles a relentless winter in an uncharted terrain. This boldly original epic adventure captures the extraordinary power of the human spirit in an immersive and visceral experience unlike anything you have ever seen. The most haunting thing is that on the cover, his head is made of trees. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of rude to poke at people's diseases, Troy. <laughs> right, I forgot. <laughs> totally a thing. Yeah, I, probably. I guess. But the movie length, and he's going to love this, is 156 minutes. So Fuck, almost, that's way longer than I thought. Yeah, so it's almost two and a half hours long. Yeah. And it is rated R in the tiniest text possible because there's a lot of things here. For strong frontier combat, and violence, What's including that a, mean? 
You it's know violence, how kids hate but frontier, in the frontier combat. <laughs> kids aren't allowed to see frontier combat. <laughs> what do you mean? Western's been one of the biggest because genres for a long time. Listen, listen. There's normal fighting, and then there's frontier fighting. <laughs> yeah, strong frontier violence or combat, and of uh, armed violence, including gory images, a sexual assault, language, and brief nudity. Man, that bear really gets down some stuff, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I always love when there's like a super specific thing that yeah. always gets the rating. <laughs> and like the best thing is that you know the MPAA had to like go and do like a survey of 100 parents and they're like, that frontier combat, I don't want my kid to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you guys want to watch it with us, it is a little bit more complicated, but it is possible. There are the usual suspects of YouTube, Vudu, Google Play. And Amazon Prime, where you can rent it for three ninety nine, at least here in the states. And then, if you have Hulu with the live TV subscription, you can possibly watch it there. And Sling TV with the premium subscription. And also, if you have Cinemax, you should be able to watch it there. A lot of weird Cinemax things. Lately. Yeah. Is that like? Do we like go through phases? We had that one like Stars phase where everything was on Stars. Like the last three movies are like Cinemax. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we don't do it on purpose. That's a weird yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think the audience bought it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it probably, it, um, I'm not sure exactly where, but it does say that it is also on Netflix, just not here in the States. So that's pretty. Check your point. providers. You might be able to watch it on Netflix there. Yeah, Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Install a VPN. <laughs> yeah. If you have Actually, a VPN, yeah. If you have a VPN, you can definitely find it on Netflix. But yeah. Uh, directed by Alejandro G. Inarito. Yes. What else has he done? Has he done anything else? He's done a couple movies. Um, yeah, most of the stuff that he's done, it's uh, mostly foreign stuff, like Pitiful. It's beautiful, but with eyes instead of E's. It's like Swedish? <laughs> he did that. Probably he did a movie French. called Babel. Amores Preros. Nike Air movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You know. Every director's natural course of action. But she did that after The Revenant, so I, I don't know what that fucking The says. Revenant, Nike commercial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I showed you, like, the craziest fucking commercial for Hennessy that was done by Ridley Scott. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Like, the movie I showed you last year, Such a Beautiful Day, like I told you, is also, he also went on to make the yeah. Pop-Tart commercials. Yeah. Super yeah. weird. Like... For what I knew that of that or of that guy, like the fact that he did it such a beautiful day was like such a turn. <laughs> Just like seeing that and like, oh, he also made a masterpiece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to say that the pop truck commercials aren't a masterpiece, of course, in their own way. Yeah, they're <laughs> really a cinematic experience that is only once in a lifetime. <laughs> so yeah, the the only movies I could think of that you might know of that he's done is he also did Birdman. Okay, I did not know that was him. Yep, he did that the year before The Revenant. Okay. But right, yeah, so like, Bird he, he, he's also done a lot of Spanish movies, too. Sure. Cool. Other than that, like, there's not a whole lot besides The Revenant that I could think of that he's done. I think I know what to expect from the directing style, then. Okay. That's cool. Natural lighting. Yeah. Lots of natural <laughs> Can't wait for the night scene and you just can't see shit. It's very possible, actually, yeah, I think. Probably- <laughs> um, yeah. I mean... Here's a little fun fact I didn't know beforehand, but since I pulled up his IMDb, uh, he won four Oscars off of The Revenant, but apparently in, he's won 120 other ones and had 161 different nominations. Fucking Christ. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Someone to pay attention to yeah. then. Like, not 120 Oscars, I should say, but 120 awards. different awards. Yeah, that, yeah. That's still a fuck ton of awards. It surely is. <laughs> we, got, we got sidetracked there, so. Yes, uh, we did. Yeah. 
Have like, fun editing all that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like we said, if you want to listen to it, uh, Hulu, if you have the weird bunch of a thing that no one has. <laughs> yeah, the, live TV. the live TV one. Yeah. Uh, same with Sling, which Sling is another one of those live TV things. And then if you have either the Cinemax app or just Cinemax, it should come up on Cinemax at some point. Yeah. yeah. Or the YouTube, Amazon, all those. Google Play. Google Play, all those things that most movies that I don't use are <laughs> usually on. <laughs> All right, well, let's go watch this movie then. Yeah, because we're going to be down there for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And we're back from watching The Revenant. Why? Um, take it away, Robbie. Yeah. So, that was 2015's Revenant. Uh, I guess non-spoilery thoughts. Try it. What did you think? Um. Okay, so I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio deserved the Oscar for this. <laughs> like he's good, I guess, but he doesn't have any emotion except for pain and like sadness. I mean, that's kind of the idea of the movie, though, too. Yeah, but like, I feel like it's not much of an acting range. It's just the one emotion through the whole thing. I th- I honestly feel like it was more just like they kind of admitted like he deserved some an Oscar for something at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that actually is one of those weird things that they say is that uh, I don't know if it's still this way, but for a long time the Oscar is based the best actor Oscar is usually given to someone who suffered for their art, and they feel like he suffered enough for this one. I mean, yeah, definitely some suffering. There's some questions I have about it that maybe you have the answers to, Robbie. Maybe, maybe not. It counts what the questions are. Yeah. I will say this. Like, I guess the first fun fact about that is Leonardo DiCaprio did say this is one of the hardest movies he ever had to film. Probably because it was um, so cold. Yeah, well, super that, cold. Yeah, part of it was the physical aspect of it, too. The other part of it is, like you guys said, he doesn't do a lot of talking in this movie. Um, they say that in a two-and-a-half-hour-long two movie, like two hours and 36 minutes to be precise, he talked, or there's maybe 10 minutes of him talking in this movie. Yeah, maybe. I believe it. And most of the roles that he had done before this were roles wherever he was very dialogue heavy. And so, right, betraying emotions just, and like, yeah, all that stuff. He's a very charismatic individual. Right. Yeah. And so, doing something that was very much the polar opposite of what he's used to was very difficult for him to do to display those emotions without having to say anything. Yeah. And like, I don't doubt that the movie was really, really hard to be in. And, like, act in because the environment seemed terrible. But, yeah, uh, through the physical aspects of it, too, like, uh, I guess another little fun fact is, uh, maybe not fun fact, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people who either quit or were fired because it was very, like, this was, movie was very hard to film. Like, this movie was in production hell for a long time. I want to say, like, five to ten years. Because Fuck. there's a lot of companies that are like, yeah, you cannot shoot this movie. It's damn near impossible. Because it's basically in the remote, our remote wilderness of Canada that you want to take all the super expensive filming equipment and an entire crew and try to keep everyone alive and sane throughout the shooting of this movie. And so it took a lot of convincing, took a lot of prep work, uh, took, like I said, them sitting in production hell for a very long time to actually make this movie happen. Yeah, and, like, that's maybe... The production part is the thing I'm maybe the most impressed about because the one thing that I said I knew about this movie is that it was all filmed with natural lighting. Mm-hmm. And that seems like the most bitch of it all, because yeah. there's scenes that had to take place at certain times. And so, like you were saying when we were watching it, you know that there was a time when like they fucked up a take and they're like, well, we have to wait 24 more hours to try and get this mm-hmm. shot now. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is there. I guess there were a lot of those takes where like they had a very set schedule. Like they'd have them practice it beforehand because in a lot of cases they had to get it done on that one take. Like a good example is like the very beginning shot of this movie without getting into spoilers was done in two takes because they had to rehearse the whole thing to make sure it happened at that time so that way they didn't lose lighting or whatever else for it. Yeah, and you can tell the mm-hmm. lighting looks great. <laughs> yeah, like I think overall the film was good. Like it's not a bad film by any means. Yeah. It really made me hate Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh and his character, which was great. I think he yeah. did a really great job of being a dickhole. Yeah. Um a realistic dickhole though. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. not like a mustache twirling villain. He's a very like just selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to be fair, like I look at Tom Hardy's character and like the first thing that comes to mind is I've worked with a guy like that before. Yeah, I think that's that sucks, the thing. Yeah. Like you I think everyone at some point has probably worked with someone similar to this guy. Yeah. 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 I the one criticism that I've always heard about the movie is how slow it is. And like it is there's definitely a lot of slow parts to it, but this movie starts off with a fucking bang. Yeah. Uh and it's brutal and intense in a lot of ways that I did not expect. Uh, to where I actually like, oh fuck, and like yeah. looked back, like, oh my god, what they they really did that, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think a lot of people get off, not get off. Um, <laughs> what's the word I'm thinking of? Jack off? No, <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> uh, turned off? Not turned off. Uh, a lot of people kind of like set this movie up in failure that way because, like I said, the very first time that I told Dry about this movie, we were talking to uh, another friend over PSN and he said the movie was slow and boring throughout the entire thing. I was like, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, it is. Especially like, you know, cause yeah, there's exciting scenes. Like whenever our new Leonardo DiCaprio is going, Ugh, uh, 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 and there's that scene wherever he says that pivotal line of, ah, uh, uh. I think he was thinking of Titanic during that one. Scene. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm sure, I haven't even seen Titanic. I just, that's a... no, there's uh, Titanic is like 90% dialogue. And then a boat crashes. Yeah. <laughs> This movie, like I said, this movie's slow until it's not. And then it's slow again until it's not. Yeah, and it it's slow goes again from zero to 60 a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. No, that's It's fair. a feast for the eyes for sure. But uh, yeah. 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 I will say that, though. This movie does have its problems, but it, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. But I haven't gotten to my take yet. I should probably ask E. Hi. What did you think of this movie? I like it too. It's it, I think it's pretty good. Um, okay. I actually very much disagree. I don't think this movie's slow. I think it's really well paced, honestly. I just think it's there's a lot of action in certain parts, and you know, relative to big action scene, yeah, the rest is gonna feel slow. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's honestly paced pretty well. In fact, I would argue it's kind of fast in a lot of pace places. Um. Yeah. I. There is a thing to where if I didn't know this was supposed to be taking place over a very long period of time, it would feel like a week. Yeah, yeah. that because like that was kind of some of my confusion at the start is it was kind of unclear how long a lot of the pieces of this movie took. Yeah, um, I this movie has a thing where it really needs you to suspend a lot of disbelief that <laughs> I'm just not willing to give the movie in a lot of places. Yeah. Um. Which isn't inherently a bad thing. I think it would be easy to suspend your disbelief. Like, I think if, uh, like, my dad watched this movie, if you could get him to sit down for this movie, he could probably suspend his disbelief for a lot of this stuff. For sure. But, like, I think it's one of those things, once you start watching more movies, you kind of pick up on a lot of tropes, and that makes that takes you out of the movie a lot of times. 
unfortunately, but... Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, a few parts in this where I'm like, fucking no fucking way. Yeah, like, it's like, oh my god. And then, uh, I think there are some unnecessary, like, plot points in this movie, in my opinion. I think you might guess what I'm probably getting at. Uh, I'll wait for spoilers, obviously, a little more in depth, but... I think overall this is a very good experience. Um it uses the violence perfectly. In fact, mm-hmm. like other than Watchmen, the comic, I can't think of a lot of stuff that like utilizes the violence so well because it's brutal, but it doesn't feel over the top in my opinion. It feels like a realistic violence. Like you see things, you see people die. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. Like people <laughs> die, but it's not like it's not like a Marvel movie when people die. It's not like it's not like a, a bang and they fall over. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not like a casualty per se. It's like, oh fuck, that guy died. Right. It it really gives you like this sense of like, uh, suspense as you're like, because you've in a lot of scenes you feel like you're like running with them. I would argue, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you feel like you're there and you're like, oh fuck, and you see all these things like flying past you and you're like, fuck, we need to get out of here. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of that probably has to do with just how it was filmed. Yeah. Because there was one thing that uh, I had noticed and thought it was really funny in the movie. There's a lot of scenes where, like, the lens gets fogged up because it's <laughs> so close to the actor and they're breathing right into it. And, like, it just made me think of, like, man, he's, like, not fucking around. He's not using, like, a weird lens. He's not zooming in. Like, he's just putting the camera right in their face and they have to pretend like there's not a fucking camera in their face. Which is an impressive on the actor's part in some ways. Uh, maybe unnecessary, too. But it does give you that feeling of <laughs> right. being right there. And then at that that's the one final thing I should say, non spoiler, is this movie is shot really well. Like yeah. yes. like it hides almost every cut that you aren't supposed to know there's a cut. Yeah. And honestly, it's really impressive. And in fact, I thought I had never heard of this movie or never seen anything. I there is one scene I had actually seen somewhere. <laughs> I think for showcasing that. I think it was for how to really beautifully hide a cut. Yeah. So that was honestly impressive watching a lot of those scenes take like play out and be like, oh man, you can't even this just looks like one long continuous shot. Yeah, yeah. Um which I think this probably in a lot of ways paved the way for nineteen seventeen in that way. Cause that entire movie is meant to look like one shot. Like literally just look like one shot. Which I think 99.9% of the time in that movie, they pull it off se- uh, seamlessly. You can barely even tell where the cuts are. Um, in that movie, they had the uh, great thing about having to plan ahead of, like, this is what they're going to do, and they don't have right. to deal with natural lighting and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You don't have to be like, oh, fuck, a cloud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I guess my thoughts on it. I do also really enjoy this movie. This is probably the fourth time I've watched this movie. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, watch it the first time that I told you about, because I bought this movie when it first came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, and then watch it again with Jell, and then watch it again for the doing a little bit of research for this movie, which I had the research on my old phone. So there's stuff that I just remember that I'm going off of memory and stuff <laughs> that I looked up while we were watching the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy this movie. It does have its flaws, which we'll get more into with it, but very beautifully shot. It's very well acted with it. Uh, it is very brutal in a very realistic way, which in a weird way makes it more brutal because it feels like it could be real. Right. You can feel the weight of yeah, exactly. a lot of the actions. Mm-hmm. And like it's 
um trying to think of a good example without spoiling anything but like whenever someone gets wounded in there it feels like it doesn't feel like overly done or underly done it feels like he just really watched it happen almost which adds to the tension of everything um there are like there are a couple things that are unnecessary about it but and some i want to say some symbolism that just kind of (laughs) Man, it is, okay. This movie's so ham-fisted. Yeah, it is. With its quote it, it, unquote it's symbolism. a little bit too much, and some of it is just like they're trying to make a point, but they're not very clear about that point that they're making. But we'll also get into that when you get into spoilers. But all in all, I would say I also r- rather enjoy this movie. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um. One thing I won't say exactly how, but this movie, in so many ways, reminded me of Last of Us Two. <laughs> Like not even kidding. I, like I actually wonder. You just wanted to talk about The Last of Us too. Yeah, listen. So last no, um, <laughs> no. Like I actually wonder if Naughty Dog took a ton of inspiration from this movie for that. Possibly. When did The Last of Us two come out? Last year. So like five years after this movie. Which Maybe means... I feel like Last of Us probably has a high like production rate though. I feel like most of the stuff was probably solidified around the time this movie came out. So it would probably be pretty. Maybe. I don't know though. I can't. I can't say for certain. Um, I mean, that's all done with like motion capture, like right, the whole yeah. thing. So who knows? Uh, you're the only person I've met that likes The Last of Us too. So yeah, it's really <laughs> good. Weirdly enough, Jell's played more of that game than I have. She liked that game. She hasn't beaten it yet, but she enjoyed playing it. It's long as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I still need to beat that game. I would say that The Revenant has the same moral value <laughs> as Last of Us Two, oh. but it tells that value in 28 less hours. That's fair. <laughs> also, I feel like there's probably more dialogue in The Last of Us 2 than there is in this movie. Quite a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's more dialogue in the first two hours of The Last of Us 2 than there is in this movie. Yeah. More guitars in The Last of Us as well. That, way more guitars yeah. in that, yeah. She totally brings it up my Nobody alley. even sang Take on me in this movie. <laughs> all right. uh, is that about all? I think, think so for like non-spoiler? the non-spoilery stuff. Um, yeah, I can probably give a really quick synopsis of this movie. Yeah. So... If you haven't watched it, or you haven't seen this movie yet, and you're interested in watching this movie, pause now, watch a movie, or if you don't want spoilers, because from now on, we're going to start talking spoilers. Get a nice, get a nice strong bully going, watch the movie. Get some apple cider. It's a long, it's a long movie. Yeah. Get a rolling rock. I don't <laughs> think that, I don't know anyone who actually drinks that, but. Learn patisserie, make some nice cream puffs. Get some popcorn going. <laughs> <laughs> Get your popcorn, get your spaghetti, get your, get your hot dog. <laughs> so, so this way we can actually start getting to some more spoiler territory. So the movie starts out in our, well, in the South Dakota wilderness with uh, the, our main character, who's named Hugh Glass, out with, uh, I guess, some other pioneers that are out getting beaver furs. Just, Just like meat and pelts. Meat and oh, pelts. pelts. Yeah. More, they, more the pelts than the meat. Yeah, yeah cuz that's like their whole business is Yeah, that pelts. was actually a big thing in the 1800s uh whenever you know the pioneers started going out west and everything is they had a bad habit of taking the pelts and leaving the meat behind to rot. Yeah. Yeah, that's why a lot of natives hated yeah, white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cuz they literally just left the rest to rot. Yep. And uh that actually is one of the things that's part of the symbolism of this movie too is like that scene wherever he sees that mountain of uh Buffalo skulls yeah. was based off of a real picture wherever, like, you know, they'd killed hundreds of buffaloes and then took the skulls and made a mountain out of them. And they actually did that in a way to try to control the Indian population and control where mm-hmm. they're moving. Yeah, which well, is a really fucked suck. up thing that they did, but it was meant to show kind of how the white man, all right, don't want to say it all right, this way, but like, 
the white man. That's what it was. Yeah, it was. There's not much other way to say it. Actually, no, I guess the better way to say it is the American government was using their way to kind of control what the Native American people were doing. Uh, You might gather the tone. The tone is white people kind of suck. Yeah. And if you're not comfortable with that, go ahead and just leave. Yeah. Yeah. But this is history. Yeah. This is what happened. There's not, you can't argue with what happened. Right. Yeah. But anyways, um, they're out there collecting beaver pelts, which I'm guessing it's mostly just the pelts. Like, chances are they are just throwing away the meat. Chances are they are probably keeping some of it. They talk about, like, feeding the people. Yeah, Yeah. they were trying to, like, get meat, too, because they were running low on that at the beginning. Yeah, but they're saying, like, you know, make sure to collect the pelts and uh, make sure to clean them off so they don't rot and all that stuff like that. Uh, While they're out cleaning these pelts, um, one of their crewmen walk back but buck naked with uh, an arrow in his back. And shows that they're being attacked by a tribe. And chaos ensues. They're trying to get to the boat. Uh, a bunch of people die. Uh, you actually watch, I think, probably one of the weird, I guess not weirder scenes, but kind of one of the more oh shit scenes is you see one guy who he knows he's going to die, but he's going to just make it harder on the Indians. And so he just starts killing the horses. Yeah. Like, just has a bottle of liquor in his hand. Yeah. He's going around killing horses. Yeah, so basically just one of those, like, well, if I can't have the horses, no one can have the horses kind of thing. Yeah. And um, the survivors escape by boat and start going down river, and you start seeing a little bit of turmoil happening because, you know, they just got attacked and lost a lot of their pelts to these people. Cause, and most of their men. Yeah, and most of their men. So a lot of men died. Uh, They lost most of their what they're going to make for money there, the our beaver pelts, because in, I guess, a nice little historical fact is uh, beaver pelts were used to make hats back then, and I think it was the French who were, uh, really, really liked them. It was considered to be supposed to be a sign of the upper class to have a beaver pelt hat, and so usually the beaver pelts went for like some, like 5 to $10 per pelt to make those hats, and so a lot of people can make a lot of money off of them, and so around that time is around the time that the uh, on top of buffalo, beavers almost went extinct because we were hunting them to damn near extinction for a profit. And capitalism. Yep, <laughs> the American way. This movie very much has a sub, or like a kind of a subplot of capital. Well, yeah, not so much capitalism bad, but corporations bad, and they, how they have they a go tendency. Hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, they do go hand in hand, but like basically about you know how they kill all the wildlife and they poison all the water streams and everything for right. the sake of making another dollar. Um. Anyways, that happens. You end up finding out that these Indians are this Indian tribe that attacked them is actually looking for their daughter. The chief is looking for his daughter around this time. Yeah, Pewake. Yeah, I think is was his name of his daughter. I think so. But um, he's looking for her, and his idea is he's going to steal these pelts from this company, and then sell them to the French so they can get horses to go find his daughter. And during this time, the men are also traveling downriver, and Hugh decides they need to ditch the boat because. The Indians are probably going to be waiting upriver for them. And so there's also a guy named uh, John is his name. Or John, Fitz, or John Fitzgerald gets into an argument with Hugh about it. They go and they get their pelts. You see this argument happen between the two of them. And you find out that John Fitzgerald is a huge racist. Yeah. They're all kind of racist. They're all a little racist. He's extremely racist. Yeah. yeah. Enough so that he's calling the Indians tree N-words. Yes. Um, but yeah, gets into this argument with, uh, with Glass. Especially considering his son is half Indian, half Pawnee, mm-hmm. and um, gets an argument about like you know that they shouldn't be leaving the boat behind, they shouldn't be leaving their pelts behind, even though they can't carry all those pelts while they're tra- traveling through the South Dakota wilderness. And Q is the or Glass is the only one who actually knows how to get back. Start traveling back. Um, 
you end up getting to yet another brutal scene in the movie wherever he was out i don't know if he's just like trekking forward or if he's actually he's like looking he's yeah he's either hunting he's either scouting ahead or he's hunting but during this time he sees two baby I guess baby cubs. bears cubs thank you <laughs> he sees two cubs and then you just hear some rustling behind him and the mama bear ends up attacking him and this was funny when we were watching it though because as we were watching dry was like foreshadowing and then the bear's just right there very very quick foreshadowing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah he gets attacked uh it's rather brutal scene wherever he's yeah. being attacked by this bear even though it's a cgi bear but like it's it's you can still feel the impact of everything that's happening he's also not the brightest quite frankly about this bear yeah he makes a lot of terrible decisions and only lives because the bear is going easy on him basically basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the bear is just like i'm just fucking with you yeah <laughs> but nevertheless gets attacked by a bear kills the bear but gets gravely injured before or during this time yeah he, he this is one of the things the movie doesn't shy away from. You see his wounds. Yeah, you oh, yeah. see like They're every claw mark, gross. all the bite wounds. Uh, makeup artist, great job. Oh yeah, yeah, they did a fantastic job with that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he gets gravely injured. They just realize that Glass is the only one who knows his way back because he's the you know he's their tracker. Um. So they do what they can to try to seal up his wounds, and they make a stretch. Or yeah, I guess a stretcher for him. Yeah, yeah. basically. And Try carrying him back to our to base, which is miles and miles away. I guess another little fun fact is like the or the Odyssey of Hugh Glass is known to be two hundred miles long. So yeah, here's the thing. Um, if I remember correctly, this is based on a true story, right? This is based on a real person. Hugh Glass was a real person. Oh really? Yeah. This is kind of dramatized. Yeah. I will say I was gonna get to it once I done the synopsis of it, but yeah, Hugh Glass was a real person. There was some things that they added to the movie at arm. Because this is a movie that's based off of a book that was loosely based <laughs> off of the real life Hugh Glass. Okay, so, yeah. Went through a lot of filters. Yeah, it did go through some filters. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, this is based off a real guy. And we'll go into things that were added for drama and things that, were, that actually did happen. But yeah, um, they carry him back. They realize that they can't carry him back with winter coming. And so they decide to have three people stay back so that way... They could watch over him until he dies and then give him proper burial. Under the circumstances, the captain or whatever he is, uh, is like, I'll give whoever stays behind 400 extra dollars. It was $100. $100. Yeah, it was $100 per person. And it was, uh, his, he was, it was Glass's son, Hawk. And, uh, and Midsummer Kid. Yeah. His yeah, he is in Midsummer, huh? Yeah. He's also Tintin, though. Tintin? Oh, really? Yeah. The CG Tintin that was live. That, that was motion hybrid. capture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his name's Jim in this movie. But <laughs> Jim and Hawk decide they're gonna stay behind. Yeah, they're, and they're just on board. Like they don't even care about the money. They would have just yeah. They're behind. just staying to help a poor dying man, basically. Well, Hawk and is the, the son, so yeah, yeah. And Hawk is hoping that he pulls through. Yeah. Um, and then John decides he's gonna stay yeah, back because he Gerald. Yeah, he has to make up his money somehow. So that three hundred dollars is gonna go a long way to paying for those pelts that they lost. Yeah. So. He's the worst. He is. He is corporate America. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just like that's he's chasing the American dream. Yeah, yeah actually, because he of. does. He does keep talking about how he wants to get a nice plot of land in Texas yeah. and settle down over there. Also, I try to think. Wasn't Texas part of Mexico at this time, though? I don't know. I'm really terrible at history. Honestly. My history it's, might be off too, but I don't. 
think so because I think that war happened in 1813 or something. So okay, like, maybe, yeah. it was either part of Mexico or it was freshly part of America. Okay. When did we start to remember the Alamo? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Better. I genuinely don't know what the Alamo is. They didn't teach me that. It was during the Mexican-American War. The Alamo was in Texas, and there was a bunch of guys who stayed behind to defend the Alamo against the Mexican invaders. Are they invaders if it's their land? Well, it's ours now. So <laughs> history, uh, the history victor writes the by, book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> written by the winners. Yeah, well, I guess they don't give like a specific time for this movie other than like 1800s. That's true. They don't give a specific year. So it it could be it could work. It's not it's not Maybe. too important. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, like he says, he's gonna get himself a nice plot of land and yeah, down and, south. But anyways, he does that, and like he's one of the people who stays behind, but he's complaining the entire time about it. And eventually he tells Glass, like, like, hey, like, I'll end, or I'll end your life and they'll say that you died in your sleep if you just blink. All I have to do is just blink. Blink once. Just blink. Just blink. Blink just for blink. me. Just blink. Right. Blink. Blink. And he grabs his head like, blink for me. Blink. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is drawn out just a little bit too far. Like I said, like. Well, that's kind of the point, though. It's yeah. like showing that there is no sense of a doubt that Glass wanted to die right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, and it's not even that Glass wanted to die; it's just that he was waiting for him to blink the entire time. No, that's what I'm so, saying. Yeah, but yeah, it was all drawn out. But um, Hawk ends up seeing that John is trying to kill his father and tries to call Jim, and then to shut him up, John ends up s- stabbing Hawk to death. Yep. Glass sees all of this. Jim comes back. He's like, "Where's Hawk?" He's like, "Oh, he's you know, I don't know where. He's not with you." <laughs> thing, and then lies about Indians coming the next day from what we can tell. And they end up basically just leaving Glass to die and yeah. end up burying him in a shallow grave and running away, taking or taking all the stuff with them. It needs to be stated, like, Jim did not want to just leave this man here. No, he didn't. Jim was very much like, we have to stay, like, we have a job to do. And John was like, nope, you can... St-. Like, and also, you know, Hawk. He's still worried about Hawk not yeah. being there. Yeah. But because he's scared and John's riling up the situation, he doesn't know what to do, and so he follows him reluctantly. Glass is basically left to dig himself out of his own grave. Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, and then just kind of like lies next to his, his dead son because he didn't drag his body that far away, it seems like. Like 20 feet. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he did not look very hard. He's like, where? Oh, well, all right. You, you can't see this from camp. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if someone's like, oh, yeah, he's probably out scouting or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next morning, hey, the Native Americans are coming. Let's fucking get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> then it comes to light that. John lied, and then Jim has to follow him because he's his only way back to base. Yeah, Jim doesn't have a lot of options. No, he doesn't. No, he really doesn't. He, he's up shit creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. But even more up shit creek without a paddle is uh, Hugh Glass, who is basically crawling his way through South Dakota's wilderness, trying to get back yeah. to base. So here's the start of where you got to really suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Like, okay, so Glass's leg is just fucking snapped. Yeah. The bone is sticking out of his leg. Um, which makes you really wonder how long this movie wants you to believe he was out there because spoilers, 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 spoilers. By the end of the movie, he's walking. Right. He's just walking upright, he's doing his thing, fucking falling off cliffs and he's fine, like <laughs> he goes from yeah. almost dead to the Terminator. Yeah. Like like if he was still like crawling and maybe like had 
a gigantic limp at the end of the movie, I'd be like, all right, sure. Yeah. yeah. But he just, like, heals himself. Basically. Bone's just not sticking out his leg at some yeah. point. Yeah. Like, he, so, yeah, he's, like, crawling, finds his dead son, and then starts making his way back for revenge. Yeah. Starts being like, fuck it. I don't have anything else to do. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much what he's living for is revenge at this point. Right. Yeah. Like, and, there's uh, nothing else for him. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenes of him just kind of, like, eating. All right. I guess you don't really see him eating dead animals as much as, like, kind of picking off little bits and pieces off of yeah, rotting he eats, carcasses. Yeah, like, the bone marrow then he catches one fish and just fucking eats it. He has a fire like <laughs> 10 feet away on the like sea on the riverside on the bank of the river and he just fucking starts munching on that fish without fire though. Yeah. There's that. You see him like eating roots and berries at some point in time too. Uh really brutal scene where he first tries to drink water. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. but like he still has that gash in his yeah. throat. Yeah. So there's that gross part. Here's my issue. He pulls out like his canteen, which is clearly already has, has water, water in it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he fills it up. Yeah, that that was dumb. Yeah. So that was that. But yeah, then his uh, neck wound apparently had a. It was just still open. Just still and he was okay. Open. And he was somehow eating with that, though? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, again, like we said. Yeah, you really yeah. do have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Here's what, like, I think if they did this scene. Earlier, I could probably be fine because okay. Spoiler: How the scene ends is he cauterized his own wound. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He 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 had some leftover gunpowder. His gun was taken. Yeah. But he had the gunpowder still, and so he pours that on his wound, lights a fire on the ground, sticks his neck towards that, and just <laughs> yeah. Uh, cauterizes the wound, and then he's just fine from that point. Well, that part anyway. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, like it's still very brutal. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, everything that's supposed to be violent and unpleasant in this movie is violent and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. They don't shy away from it being unpleasant. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, super stylistic, like John Wick, like, that's so cool. Like, it's yeah. not meant to be, like, like I'm really not, like, yeah, you, liking this. You don't want to be, like, you're not, like, rooting for like, yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we kind of gloss over the intro scene, but that thing is, like, yeah, right off to- the bat. You just see people getting shot with arrows, getting shot with guns, having their... Getting pelted to death with the butt of a gun. Yeah, having, like, tomahawks killing him. And it, like, doesn't shy away from the blood or gore. Like, if a limb yeah. would be chopped off, that limb's chopped off. Like, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't, like, splurt blood everywhere. It's, like... Like, realistically, yeah. blood's yeah. coming out of things. It's insanely gory. It's Passion of the Christ levels of gory here. Right. But, like, like I was saying at the start, like, it uses it perfectly though it's not a lot of my issues with like modern hollywood and stuff is how it's like glorified violence in a lot of ways like yeah and this isn't glorified yeah like even at john wick like you're supposed to think john wick's cool as he murders billions of people probably not billion but Uh, hundreds (laughs) hundreds of people but like this is like no this is fucking the history this is war yeah not really war this isn't it's kind white of genocide war. versus yeah, it's white genocide. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, it's just like I I can't think of a lot of things that have just done this other than the original Watchmen. Honestly, the comic, I've probably seen something that I'm like spacing out on. But I mean, that's that's for me where like a lot of the comparison for Last of Us Two comes from. Mm. Um, I think that that's one of the um best games that 
I think that game handles ludo narrative dissidents in a way that a lot of games don't. Um, all violence feels violent and gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and when something is supposed to be unpleasant, it feels unpleasant, even when you're playing it. Because um, yeah, that is an issue I have with some of the games that are trying to be like, no, violence is bad. Yeah. Is <laughs> never... A lot of times it doesn't feel like violence is bad. Um, in a very different take, you're gonna groan. Um, Undertale actually accomplishes. Uh-huh. I know <laughs> Undertale does kind of accomplish this by having like the violent route just be fucking painfully boring. <laughs> that's kind of that's great. That's well, like, like <laughs> when I did it, like it's random encounters. I had a ten. I had like a fifteen minute time where I just got no encounters. <laughs> but like the because game you killed everyone no it wasn't because i killed everyone it's just none were showing up but that's no. the thing that's what the game's telling you like hey why are you doing this yeah. <laughs> you should this is dumb yeah and you I'm... should go play the video game please <laughs> i mean i was actually gonna say the only comparison i could think of since i haven't uh, i've only played like the intro to the last of us too i haven't even gotten to like the bad part that everyone talks about yet yeah um i was actually gonna say spec ops a line because like that game has you do some horrible things and then tells you you're a bad person for doing them. Uh, well, that's a lot of The Last of Us 2 as well. Yeah. But anyways. Well, get, like, it, you, people who, honestly, if you've seen DC movies, you've probably gotten this feeling too, where it's like murdering way a ton of people and then it's like, oh, you can't kill the bad guy because then <laughs> you're the bad guy. Yeah. And they're like, what man of steel is particularly yeah. egregious in this point yeah. um this is why i don't like a lot of dc movies because like when i talk about like uh glorifying violence dc is kind of one of the major ones in my head marvel too honestly too um i'm gonna say marvel uh captain falcon and winter soldier or the falcon and winter soldier yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fucking violent as fuck they're heroes and they're straight up murdering people like it's not hiding the fact they are literally just murdering people uh-huh. it's what the fuck? <laughs> like it's cool. Like it's a cool action thing, but like, wow, it's a Very huge tonal change. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just like a lot of it. But again, back to this movie. That's yeah. that's. Oh, I enjoy that about this movie is it's it's a raw kind of violence. Not yeah. a. It's not, not a smackdown. Yeah, it, it's kind meant. Of yeah, it, it's not meant to be like whoa, cool. It's meant yeah. to feel awful while you're right. watching it happen. And like some of this deliberate with the kind of history of the time, like mm-hmm. like. I'm gonna but I'm gonna say now I think this movie kind of does take a weird side on this on the like genocide of the Native Americans in a lot of ways, but yeah, they kind of try to uh show like the rawness of what was happening, like showing that the Native Americans were wronged in a lot of ways and that causes a lot of this violence. Yeah, because that's kind of what happened is like the the twisted narrative that ended up coming from this made it so like as they call them in the movies, it shows these natives as savages. Mm-hmm. But it isn't... That moniker doesn't actually really fit because they're doing the... They're both like this war, essentially. Yeah. And it's just kind of a neat-ish take to see in... Was this American? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was technically filmed, like... It was filmed in parts of America and uh, mostly in Canada. Right. But- and... I mean, like, but it's an American audio. film. Yeah. yeah, but it's an American film. Yeah. yeah, like it was an American company that did it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, and it it is one of those things. Like, there's not exactly between like, Indians don't really come off as good guys, but you still you get why they are the way, like what why they're doing what they're doing. 
I don't think they come off as bad guys though either. No, like well, that's that, what I'm saying though. Like you get what you get what they're doing and why they're doing it. Like yeah. they don't exactly come off as good, but they don't come off as bad either. Right. Yeah. It's just lot, another side. A lot of it is the white people definitely come off as the worst. Oh yeah, yes. of them. definitely. Yeah. Um, but anyways, moving on to that, like to one of the people or one of the Indians that is probably the best character in this entire movie when it comes to morals is eventually Glass ends up coming across this medicine man who was, you know, taking a buffalo or was like getting the meat off of a buffalo and, you know, he was just trying to get there so he could eat and like, you know, begging to like, hey, just I'm hungry, let me eat kind of thing and throws him a bison liver, which I guess one little fun fact, apparently that was a real bison liver because they had like this little red pancakey thing that they wanted him to bite into, but it didn't look realistic enough. So they just straight up gave him a raw bison liver and had him bite into it. So, so was that actually him throwing up then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. That's gross. But they that's didn't like train him how to eat. They didn't like train him. So to eat. I guess the thing about apparently Leonardo DiCaprio is a vegetarian in real life. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so gosh. is that why you were saying about the fish too? I think the fish might have been CGI. No, the fish thing is just like it looked it, real, but uh, I don't. You said it, you know, like saying it's like a weird DiCaprio thing to do. To like actually do it. Yeah. 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 Also, that's fucked up if he's a vegetarian and they made him do it. Like, I know a lot of people like to get on vegetarians, but that's still fucked up to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they, like, tricked him. Right, no, I like, guess he's probably, It was like, one of those, like, it didn't look real. Like, he felt it didn't look realistic enough, so he said, fine, I'll bite into a, a real bison liver. So, like, they didn't force him to do it, but he realized, like, it would kind of... For some of the suspension of disbelief that we were talking about beforehand, he felt like it would be more realistic if he'd bit into yeah. an actual liver. Uh, it it kind of seems kind of strong guard, but I, I can't really speak for DiCaprio, I guess. So maybe I he mean, probably was somewhat on board, yeah. I yeah. guess as another little non-sequitur for this, that movie Old Boy. Yeah. Because you've seen that movie, haven't you? Uh, The old one, yeah. Yeah, the Korean one? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, The lead actor in that is also vegetarian, and that scene wherever he had to eat that squid, they made him do that twice. I couldn't imagine doing that once. I know, right? <laughs> but anyways, um, meets up with the medicine man, kind of befriends him, tells him that like his men left him for dead and killed his son. And he's like, kind of in that weird, like, oh, like I lost my family too. Mm-hmm. Um, they befriend each other. He helps Friendship take care of him. Friendship might be a little <laughs> much. <laughs> they, they have like a mutual agreement. Understanding. Yeah. yeah. A mutual understanding. That's they both way. know they're there to survive and they're not each other's enemy. But right. that's about as far as it really goes. But it's a medicine, like, nevertheless, Hugh's not exactly in a good place to begin with, and this is supposed to be the medicine man of the uh, movie, which, a fun little fact about that, the medicine man, this is his very first movie, and it's a man named Arthur Redwood, I believe? Arthur Redcloud, that's his name. So, Arthur Redcloud uh, is a truck driver in real life, <laughs> and just went off for, like, a casting call. Apparently, his grandfather actually did teach him to become a medicine man, and so like some of the weird things you see him do with medicine is actually ancient um, Indian medicine man techniques that were passed down from generation to generation to him. That's really oh, that's cool. good, at yeah. least. Yeah. Which I thought that was a really cool fact. Whenever uh, It's part of that documentary. Like If you buy the Blu-ray, of, or I guess even the 4K, mm-hmm. this movie, it has a documentary in it for the making of it, and it talks about some of the stuff. That's one of the things they talked about, is how they got technically a real medicine man to play the medicine man in this. Which is cool. Yeah. Anyways, like I said, more or less befriends him. Like, they're just together in the wilderness. Uh, eventually, he actually builds a little hut for him during the middle of a very intense blizzard. And then is thanked by being hung by the French, or by the French in the area. Yeah, super fucked up. Super, super fucked up. Um, the medicine man is the only reason why 
class even live. Yeah. Because at one point in time, the medicine man even says, like, your skin's rotten. Like, Yeah, your yeah, flesh is rotten. Yeah. <laughs> and does what he can to try to heal him and apparently does a good job because at this point in time, he actually is up and walking. Yeah. Uh, um, with this, I wanted to ask, do you know what the sign actually says? Because it's like, I'm not sure. Honest. Yeah. The, the only savages. Like, savages, savages is obviously yeah. savage. I, I didn't speak know, French, like, so I couldn't tell you. I thought it might be like one less savages, but I don't know. It might. I, I know don't know. If like if, if I spoke French, I could tell you for sure. I'm sure. Pretty sure it's something fucked up, though. Oh, if probably. you know, email us at the last ones in podcast. <laughs> he speak French, <laughs> but there's that. Uh, he ends up finding the these French, uh, yeah, these French trappers that are out there. I guess yeah. the ones from the start. Yeah, that ones are from the start. That the um, that the re, if I remember correctly, Indians. Stole pelts, try to sell to the French to get horses so that they can find, or that way the chief can find his daughter. Apparently those Frenchmen stole his, uh, stole his daughter to begin with and was basically just kind of, I guess, the rape toy of their leader in a weird way. Of everybody, it seems like. Maybe, uh, but he, uh, Glass ends up finding one of, uh, Toussaint is what they say his name is, um, raping this girl. And so he takes him hostage and... Uh, Frees her, and then t- steals one of their horses. Frees all, uh, I could say, actually, yeah, frees all their horses and steals one of them. Yeah. She gets her revenge on the man who raped her, and then they ride off, uh, ride off into the distance. I will say, I think this shot, this scene was shot confusingly, because me and yeah. E both got different things out of it, and you did as well. Yeah. Like, I thought that the Native American woman ran away, and apparently she was on the horse with him. Yeah. Um, well, she's like running towards the horse to get on with them so that they can escape. See, and like from what I remember, she was running away in the field, and they were gonna start chasing after her, and then the horses got away, and then they started running after the horses. That's like what I remember, and I don't rem- and I just remember seeing the guy fall from behind the tree. Yeah. So like I I got a very different thing out of this scene. I mean, that's what I got. The, the scene's very chaotic, but I think that it it's is. supposed to be also. Yeah, like if, I think if you didn't tell me what happened in that, I would have been extremely confused. <laughs> But anyways, moving on with that, uh, Jim and our Fitzgerald and it Jim, Jim. Yeah, yeah, they whatever get, his last name was. They got back. I, yeah, it they get matter. back. Yeah, <laughs> Bridger. But they get back to base. Um, tell him like, oh yeah, yeah, we we buried Glass. Like you know, he he died in his sleep, and then we buried him out in the field where he was. Uh, yeah. So where's my three hundred bucks? Yeah, and a little while after they did that whole thing, uh, Fitzgerald. Does explain or not Fitzgerald? Uh, Jim, 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 yeah, the it, evil it one. The kid. Oh, the, no, that's Fitzgerald. Yeah, okay, that's... yeah. Fitzgerald explains to the kid that like, hey, like, yeah, I lied, um, but I did what I had to. Did what I had to, and you're alive, right? So let's keep going. Yeah. Um, and so they have this understanding of like they did what they think they had to do. Yeah, and that is actually one of those things that the director told Tom Hardy for this movie, because uh, I guess Tom Hardy was actually getting pissed off at some of the things that they asked him to do for this movie. <laughs> And uh, one thing that the director did say is, um, well, part of it was also because of the stunts that he wanted him to do, too. Like, there's apparently, uh, during the documentary, there's a scene where, like, they're, like, reacting what he's supposed to do with Jim. And I guess Tom Hardy was actually choking the director. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I guess the funny thing about that, the crew actually made that a t-shirt for Tom. (laughs) What? I I read that in the IMDb. (laughs) So fucked up. Yeah. But anyways, um, the director told uh, Tom Hardy that the way that he looks at racism is that they're not, like, being purposefully evil. They're being ignorant. And so he wants to show them a sense of ignorance or something like that. Like, oh, like, he just sees them or sees 
Indians as this one thing, and that's what you know. That's why he views him as that, making him racist through his sense of ignorance. And he felt like he nailed it when it came to him just more or less being a giant asshole. Yeah, I mean, he is a giant asshole. Mm-hmm. I felt like you wanted to strangle Tom Hardy throughout this entire movie. I did. He's awful. Yeah, yeah. he's not a <laughs> realistically. Good yeah. yeah, again, like he's not like a mustache troll. He doesn't go out. He's he's not out there like fucking. I hate all Native Americans. No, he's like. He's given a somewhat motive of why he doesn't like, like it's implied he's never liked him, but like he's given reasons he shouldn't, he doesn't like him. In fact, like one scalped him at some point. Yeah. Which is like, you see him like scratching his head and like why he always wears a hat and stuff. Yeah. Cause I, oh, he's going bald, but like, no, it turns out, uh, scalped. Yeah. Wait, did you you just thought he was going bald? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, sorry. Yeah. Like there's just a (laughs) sec, like he's partially scalped. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know if it's like it doesn't really explain what it was. Whether they just partially scalped them and left them out there in the wilderness, or like they had like they got attacked and stopped halfway through, or what happened exactly? I but. mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I don't like I can't say like a specific triad, and this might have been embellished a bit. I read it in a history book in high school, <laughs> but I did learn like I remember reading that some tribes that's kind of like a rite of passage is to do to like scalp for like the son of the chief. Hmm. So could like, be like that, maybe stuff like that possible yeah but anyways that's neither here nor there yeah um get back to camp jim's still like in the dumps about what they did because he feels really bad Fitzgerald tells him you know we did what we had to we survived out there and i helped you survive so you just better be grateful you little shit (laughs) basically yeah yeah. (laughs) and um and then Fitzgerald starts trying to push his luck a mm, lot. Yeah. Now. Starts asking for more money after he got his three hundred dollars, which right. He's in like, what about those six guys? Yeah. Eighteen twenty six money. That's still that's a good amount of money. That's enough money. to live off of. Yeah, that's enough to live of off of life. for quite some time. Anyways, during that battle happens. Um, eventually, Glass ends up meeting up with the Re again. And they attack him. Ends up falling off a cliff, <laughs> which that was yeah. another suspension of disbelief thing. That was my. That literally was the moment where I'm like. Fuck it, anything can happen then. I guess his, he's fucking... His horse was shot in the ass, and they've run off a cliff. Yeah. And the horse splatters, like, literally splatters off yeah. the cliff. But, but he's worry. fine. He hit a tree yeah, because yeah. He hit, and lived. Yeah, because he hit every single branch on the way down, he lived. <laughs> and also wasn't killed by hitting every single branch on yeah. the right <laughs> Like, even, like, you see him where he's, when he landed, and his head's, like, sideways. Like, he clearly yeah. would have broken his neck. Yeah. Yeah, that, but... I really didn't like that part. That was dumb. <laughs> but, yeah. I think they just did that just to have the scene wherever a winter storm pops up again, and so he has to cut open a, a horse and sleep they wanted in it to do Star the Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they want him to sleep in a dead horse. Yeah, which there's rumors that he did that in real life in pre- pre- or preparation for this movie, but I doubt it. I really, he would have to go to a butcher house. Yeah, and like yeah a glue you can't factory just or something. get a horse to do that with. Yeah, yeah. that's well, not maybe how... when you're rich, but when you're rich, you could probably have a friend like, hey, like. A friend owns a farm, and he had a horse that died. He's going to let you sleep in it for the night as long as you pay him X amount of money. <laughs> How do you bring that up at like dinner? Like, hey, so I'm preparing for a movie. Um, Can I sleep in your dead horse? I don't know. If Leonardo DiCaprio walked up to you and is like, hey, do you have like a dead horse I could sleep with? <laughs> sleep, sleep in, sleep in. <laughs> Let's be fair. Both are equally weird. <laughs> <laughs> neither what? are acceptable yeah, neither, neither are, are acceptable both are super weird <laughs> but yeah there's like that there's a whole bunch of rumors that went around this movie apparently at one point in time there's a rumor floating around that uh that the bear rapes him in the movie what yeah like 
apparently that was a rumor that was flying around because of the uh you don't really see a lot of what happens in the trailers but you see that he gets attacked by a bear i mean i joke that the bear ate his ass but (laughs) yeah which apparently that was another thing that i read on imdb was like i guess the guy in the green screen suit that was uh basically tossing him around and stuff like that Mm -hmm. apparently like to make make his arms seem more like jaws he actually basically he basically just had his face in leonardo dicaprio's ass to try to like get it to look somewhat realistic and felt super uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah, I yeah, bet. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he survives because horses... Yeah, he survives because he slept heat. inside of a dead horse. <laughs> Which, um, like, is a survival thing. Like, if you're freezing and you have yeah. an animal that's dying, that yeah. is a survival thing they tell you you uh, could Yeah, do. I'm sure, like... I'm sure it has happened before, just not in this, ca- like, in this situation. Probably not a super yeah. common thing. No, 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 no. no, no. But anyways, yeah, uh, eventually one of the French fur trappers comes up to the base that uh, all of them went to and said, like, hey, like, all my crew's dead. I'm the only one that's surviving. Do you have any food? I'm starving to death. And they're like, what do you got? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> what, like, what do you have? Nothing here is free. And so, like, he starts emptying his pockets and turns out Glass dropped, uh, which I guess I probably should have mentioned this beforehand. That's fine. Jim uh, etched a marking into, or into a canteen. Yeah. Which apparently, if I remember correctly, is supposed to be the mark of the Revenant uh, in there. Which also the Revenant, sure. I should probably say, since the title of the movie is, I guess, derived from a French term, which is meant uh, a Revenant is basically someone who died and came back to life. Okay. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the mark of the Revenant. That's like on the cat, or it's supposed to be the mark of the Revenant, if I remember correctly, on his flask. Yeah, sure. But anyways, uh, Jim puts basically a spiral on a flask and leaves it with glass whenever they abandoned them because at least he gave him some water after they took everything else from him and he dropped it whenever he attacked those french fur trappers and that the one surviving french uh french fur trapper decided to pick yeah, it up yeah picked it up at one point in time it's like oh yeah the man who attacked us he dropped this and like <laughs> jim sees that and recognizes what it is and so does fitzgerald but he doesn't say anything and they go and ha- take a search party out to go find him find him out in the woods bring him back to camp Tell Jim they're going to uh, hang him as a traitor. And then... I don't think they said they were going to hang him. No, they said they were going to jail him. Well, they said they're going to put him in jail and that he's going to be hanged for treason. Yeah, they did say mm-hmm. that. All right. Because that's what they did to tra- uh, traitors back then is they hung him. Yeah. All um, traitors. Yeah. Joe was not in great condition <laughs> then. Definitely not. Anyways, um, I should say traitors. Yeah, no, that's not, that was my joke. <laughs> But uh, anyways, uh, there's that um, glass says that Jim had nothing to do with it, that it was all Fitzgerald that did that, that Fitzgerald killed his boy and that he's going to go back for revenge. Also, Fitzgerald ran away. Yeah. And Fitzgerald at this point ran away and uh, said that he's going to go to Texas and get himself a nice plot of land and stole all the money from the company. Which yeah. He could have done that with the 300 he had most likely. Yeah. Yeah. He could have. <laughs> $300 is not like it's nothing to laugh at, especially back then. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is in the 1800s. Yeah. Money was worth a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially 300 money. 300 monies is worth a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, the captain, I guess, I yeah. forget what he, he said his name was. Uh, the captain says he's going to go after him and that Glass needs to rest and Glass says that he's going to go after with him because he's after revenge and he's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And says, like, I already died once. I'm not afraid to do it again. In the morning, they, uh, they go at, uh, and start searching for him, start tracking him down. Eventually, they uh, go to find him. Or Oh, I guess with the whole thing with Texas, he also says that he's going to join the army, then give himself a nice plot of land. That's what it was. Right? Yeah, because he wants to be well, justified that, in murder, basically. Yeah. Well, much. that's what Glass says. He's like, he wants to justify murdering again. But anyways, they 
find him like halfway down and like the captain and Fitzgerald has like this short conversation about how he's going to take him back and be trialed, tried for murder. And he's like, yeah, well, I have a different plan and ends up shooting the captain and then scalping him to make it look like the Indians did it. Yep. But, uh, you know, glass isn't an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then eventually there is a confrontation between glass and Fitzgerald where they are uh, had pretty brutal fight, honestly. Extremely yeah. brutal. Yeah. Like, and that's another one of those things when it comes, like, the realism of it, too. Like, that's one thing that I think freaked dry out the most that I saw was whenever he cut his fingers off with a hatchet. Yeah, because it's not, like, again, like, this movie isn't, like, yeah, they, oh, he, like, you know, in, in movies, like, oh, he cut off his finger, and then it's like... Yeah, like, yeah. in any other movie, it would have had a close-up of his hand and axe coming down, and then a close-up of Tom Hardy going... Ah! Yeah. yeah, and then him holding his wrist, looking at his hand while yeah. blood squirts out everywhere. But instead, this... it's just, he grabs the hatchet, cuts his hand off, he gets up, he's like, fuck, and they keep going. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's nothing is concentrated Pure adrenaline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, well, he, like, pulls back his hand, because that's, like, your first first instinct whenever something like that happens, is to pull your hand, yeah. pull back whatever's hurting you. Yeah. And then looks at it and just says, god damn it, and they go back to fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Hardy grabs a, uh, a his hunting knife. Hunting knife. And it just is like a raw fight at this point. Yeah. The the highlights <laughs> include him stabbing Glass with his knife into Glass's hand. Yep. Glass stabbing him in Glass. the crook of the knee. Yeah. Uh, him biting Glass's ear off. Spitting, and spitting it at, at the, the camera. camera. <laughs> Mike Tyson style. Yeah. Uh, and Glass stabbing him... Chopping him with the hatchet some more. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- okay. and then... Here, and- here's a weird thing for me. So then in the scene, he sees the re, and he remembers, a quote, the medicine man told him, which is like, God will have the revenge, not me. Something along those revenge lines. Revenge is in God's hands. Yeah. Not mine, yeah. I don't think that works when he literally give. Gives Tom Hardy to the Reed to kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he floats him down the river because, you know, he's a sitting duck at this point. He doesn't have a leg, essentially. Basically, yeah. But I don't know. According to this movie, you can live through mortal wounds, so. It's fucking movie. <laughs> not being scalped. Yeah. So he go, he's, like, thrown there, and the Reed, like, kill him. One of the only things not shown on screen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You just hear him screaming. Kind of powerful. Yeah, I think if they shown it, showed it, it would have felt like justification. Yeah. So I'm actually glad they didn't, because it drives home the point of, like, it's not about, about feeling yeah. good about it. Yeah. yeah. So then that happens, and the restart kind of coming to that side of the river. So uh, Glass is just sitting there like, all right, this is it. I don't fear death. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, it's the girl that he, he saved, saved earlier. Yeah. yeah. They just kind of leave him. Not saying a word, which again is another great thing that this movie does. They don't like, oh, you thank you for saving my daughter. <laughs> yeah, doesn't like come up. Here's a thousand silver, and you saved my daughter, so yeah. I won't kill you. <laughs> here's some magic medicine for your. <laughs> here's a here's a health potion, a mana potion, <laughs> and as he does that, uh, glass. Again, he knows he's gonna die because there's nothing at this point anymore. Yeah, he's not. Well, there's nothing to fight to stay alive for. Right. I think what it did, like, they didn't portray it in the best way, but on multiple viewings, I think I get it a little bit better now. Towards the end of that movie, it's just him walking back to camp, and then like him seeing the remnants of his dead wife and everything, and then just it kind of leaves you with that feeling of like 
he only lived for revenge and now that he got his revenge he has nothing like yeah, there's, yeah. He, he's just an empty person now there's nothing left for him yeah, yeah. and actually, we should say uh like the, throughout the movie he has a lot of visions about his wife and his kid and like yeah there's a lot of his... symbolisms with like the mountain of the buffalo heads yeah, and, and like his... him at a uh i guess a very i don't want to say like a broken down church but like a very it's a broken ruined, down church, ruined, church. Yeah. Ruinous, like, it's yeah. very much in ruin um, yeah and like kind of PTSD from because a bunch of I I don't know yeah, what it to doesn't call really touch again. up like on white it. men come and kill the the tribe that he was with that he had a wife and kid with and he had to shoot the commander to get to his save to his stop, son basically to yeah. save his son. So yeah, it doesn't do a very good job explaining it, but yeah, there's like the uh, that whole thing wherever like the tribe the Pawnee tribe that he lived with. They killed the tribe, including his wife, and they almost killed his son, but his son barely survived. And, like, you see his son at one point in time with, like, half of his face almost burned off and him just wetting down a rag so he can give him some water and telling him, uh, as long as you breathe, you continue to fight. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, pseudo-native kind of quotes in there. Like, yeah. one of the things his wife keeps saying is, like, the... A tree with strong roots can withstand the wind. Which, with, yeah, can withstand the strongest storms. That, which, okay, that's just not true, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, the idea is there. Yeah. I get the idea, but, like, I think it's a kind of weird way to say it. Because, yeah, like, yeah. I think there are, I, because, like, you just, tornadoes exist is ultimately what i'm kidding at <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and then this bears exist so i mean yeah bears <laughs> exist too, like i don't know it, it it really feels like a watered down version of what a actual native quote would be i don't know maybe they actually had a translated quote maybe because like i said um in ottawa or i think ottawa no alberta in alberta canada mm-hmm where they filmed the large majority of this, they actually worked with the uh, native tribes that are up in that area. So a lot of the native Americans like were from that tribe or from that area that they worked with. And mm-hmm. like, they tried to somewhat be accurate with everything that they're doing. Like apparently Leonardo DiCaprio actually did learn how to speak two different native languages, both Pawnee and, uh, how, ah, I have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he learned how to speak two different yeah. native languages for this movie. But also, like, with the documentary, a lot of it does explore uh, the native tribes and how they're basically, even in Canada, being gypped up there. Like, yeah, uh, what the native land up there, one of the, the lake that the tribe up there used to actually, like, depend on to live, they can't even swim in it anymore because of how poisonous it is from all of the chemicals that are being dumped into it from corporations up there. Yeah, like, that's the thing, I think, that a lot of people in America, at least, at least I did for a long time, of, like, when you think of, like, Native Americans and Indians and whatnot, uh, you think of, like, Wild West. And, like, like, hey, like, they were in Canada, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, we, the French and uh, British at the time, Americans, uh, just completely fucked this land. Yeah. They yeah. took well, everything. And it's, well, not, it's literally everywhere. They did the same in Mexico. They did the yeah. same in mm-hmm. most of South America. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, Africa. Like, yeah. Everywhere. Like, that's, I get, and I think another thing that a lot of people forget is, like, we they're living ancestors of these people yeah mm-hmm. that like we still have around and we still treat them terribly we still throw them in one designated area basically yeah. it's almost like a zoo essentially basically yeah yeah having yeah. spent a lot of time on reservations as a kid oh yeah and in my teen years like it definitely feels like they were left and discarded 
Like they kind of were. Like, yeah, like the, the government didn't even want to give them money. Yeah. Uh, it's actually one of those things like, yeah, me and Dryad did spend some time down in New Mexico where there was a native reservation down there. Yeah. And there's n- it's desert down there. There's nothing. They, most of them don't have electricity or running water or anything else. And a lot of them tell us like, oh, yeah, this is one of the bigger and better ones. Yeah. That they have around here. Like they completely fucked them. And like the thing is, is like some of them get uh, most of the Native Americans do get paid, but only if they stay on the reservation. Right. Like you can't just go out and you can't. A lot of them can't like live their culture either right like again another thing from history books like i was reading is that was part of some of the agreements is they weren't allowed to do some of their practices like they weren't allowed to do a lot of the rain dances that they did for some of them and the government made them stop doing one of these dances which was just to wish for the white man to go away essentially yeah um there's I, there's a lot of like weird guilt that I have associated with having spent so much time there because we were there with a missionary, yeah, right. which is so on top- basically retelling history, yeah. yeah. But like I guess the only thing we can say is we were kids, we didn't know any better, but it still sucks to think about that because I do remember that too because like we were told that we were doing good for them and then like as an adult I look at that and, like oh we are pushing religions down the throat of people we already fucked over, yeah, right, yeah, and then. I, I will say that is kind of one of the I was saying like it's kind of a weird Native American and white thing is like this is kind of a Native American revenge story told through a white man. Yeah. Kind of, and yeah. also extremely Christian, which, again, feels really weird considering Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the, like he was trying to show how badly we did and still treat the Native American people like even just as soon as like the Dakota Pipeline, for example. Like a lot of people would argue, like, oh, well, the pipeline's good for America and blah, 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 blah. And like, it, cause to be fair, like, pipelines, they never really leak. And like, it's good to move oil from like one side to the other because it's a lot safer and a lot cheaper than moving it through trucks. But they're going to destroy their water supply to, or to build a pipeline through their land. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of defeats the, or defeats the argument of that. And it's super, it shows like we treated them super fucked up back then. We're still treating them super fucked up now. And he did want to put that into his movie. The sad thing is, is you are right. He it is being told through a Christian white man's perspective. Yeah, because like I get kind of I get what he's going for, and like a lot of the characters work in that. I think some of the issue though is that it's so focused on Fitzgerald being a bad person that it yeah. doesn't really show the rest of the stuff. Like yeah, like technically all of them are like all of the Pelters are bad people. Yeah, because like it 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 glosses over that at the start when the natives are like you got you white men took all of our land from us and now you're telling me you can't even give us some horses yeah and like but like that's dropped so quickly and i think some of it too is like they don't cuz there's a hint of casual racism i think they could have leaned into that more to really show kind of the entire thing cuz how problematic it really was yeah cuz like in the main group you basically get the sense that it's just Fitzgerald, essentially. And, like, again, they try to kind of gloss over... They try to go over it where, uh... When... When Glass is talking to his son, he's like, they don't see you, they see the color of your face. But that doesn't really come up except, again, with Fitzgerald. So it's one of those things where... They kind of focus too much on this villain, where it kind of is like, oh, it's okay, it's like these guys that are bad, we're okay. Like, yeah, I think that's of it. It's the, I don't think the director meant for it to come across that way. I will say, I I think he was, especially hearing how he did yeah. go talk with the Native Americans and stuff. I think he definitely 
wanted to help portray like a realistic thing. I just think a lot of it might have been just because of the kind of American storytelling system that it kind of ended up being a little iffy. Yeah, I was going to say the American story system is really bad when it comes to saying like, oh, it's not a systematic problem. It's this one villain over here. Yeah. They have a like it's and it isn't just this movie. It's I want to say American storytelling in general. Right. Well, I, I want to say Disney's probably the worst offender of that. Yeah. Because it's, I honestly, I would say this is actually a big issue with a lot of sequels is like a lot of times the first movie will kind of suggest that there might be a systematic problem. But then the second movie usually comes up and it's like, no, it's actually Joe Smith yeah. is the <laughs> issue with all of America. Yeah. Good thing that once we kick out Joe Smith, every other problem will be solved. Yeah. Again, though, I, I want to say. Last of Us? No, Falcon Winter Soldier does a really great job of showing that it's a system, uh, systemic problem. Uh, and a lot of that stuff was almost taken out by Disney. That makes sense. So, like, it only took Marvel like twenty years to get around to doing a story like that. Yeah, uh, like the way that um, Sam is like not allowed to get a loan because he's black, and like he's a hero, and like the like banker is like trying to get a photo with him. He's like, "Oh uh, yeah, we can't do this loan for you. You haven't done anything for the last five years." He's like, I was disappeared in the blip. He's like, "Yeah, I can't really help you. Uh, do you have time for a photo?" And, like, it's pretty clear that the only reason why he's being, uh, not being allowed to do it is because he's black. Right. Uh, like, they don't sway away from that, which I think is good. Yeah. And it does sound like Disney. Well, Disney hates kind of. Uh, Disney hates I get surprised. a systematic problem. Yeah, I get surprised that a lot, of, like, when movies like Zootopia come out that kind of <laughs> do. St- though, again, Zootopia has the same issue where it becomes a twist and it's like. No, it's not the police force or society. It was this one it's the, thing. It's yeah. The, the, the lady, the secretary all along. Yeah. 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 And then everything's fine after. And like, <laughs> again, Zootopia is a big one. Where it didn't need that twist. No, it didn't. It would have yeah. been way better without it. So like, and of course, Disney's scared that if you tell people, hey, the system's corrupt, <laughs> maybe people realize the system's corrupt. <laughs> And yeah. considering they're one of the largest corporations yeah. right now, like, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think they bank on nostalgia? They don't yeah. want people to think about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> back to the movie. Yeah. So uh, he they, does. Yeah. They yeah. do. <laughs> so, yeah, they do try to show that it is, like, more of a systematic problem, but they do also show more or less the vil- that Fitzgerald is the main villain, try to make it mm-hmm. seem like everyone else isn't quite that bad, but that's not quite the. Right. Yeah. Because, like, they, they set up. Too many kind of villains instead of yeah. showing. Because even, even with the French, they kind of focus only on that one guy yep. as being the problem. Yeah. Even though, technically, like in real life, they would have all been the problem. Yeah. But also, since we got to like last of synopsis of this, I should probably say, once again, this movie did take some liberties based off the book and like to try to dramatize it a little bit more. Hugh Glass was a real person. He really did survive a bear attack. He really did crawl 200... Or, he really was left for dead. He had to bury him, or dig himself out of his own grave and then basically go from crawling to limping to walking over 200 miles through South Dakota in order to actually get back to, um, get back to his base. However, <laughs> he was never married, so he never had Ooh. a wife, whether Pawnee or white. There, there was rumors that he may have had a wife and two sons that he abandoned, but they weren't uh, Native American. They were just... Even then, it's just rumored. Like, as far as they know, he never married. Um, it did not happen in winter. It happened in late summer. And uh, he, was left, or he was left to die. What, the only reason why he wanted revenge, though, is because he said that Jim was just following orders. 
because apparently he did fall into a coma at one point in time and so they weren't sure if he was dead or alive and that's why they buried him and when he woke up he had to dig himself out of his own grave and they left him with nothing as far as he knew uh jim uh, jim brewer router whatever whatever his name was and john fitzgerald were the men that were uh, meant to like watch over him until he died uh fitzgerald was the one that was the asshole and did like and took his rifle which apparently that was his prized possession was his rifle <laughs> um he did take that from him and he wanted his rifle back and he wanted revenge for what they did mostly around fitzgerald sadly in real life he never got his revenge fitzgerald did make it back to the army and because he was part of the army he couldn't kill him or else he would have been hung for you know destroying a piece of government property yeah <laughs> But I mean, that's yeah. really what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Like, uh, if you fight a guy in the army and you beat him up, you can get arrested for destroying government property. Uh, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, it's a really it's a fucked up thing, but it's an American thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then apparently he actually did. Uh, like some years afterwards, after um Fitzgerald joined the army, I guess Hugh Glass did die. Uh, to Native American attack. Uh, apparently before this movie, the our. In I hope the, before this yeah, movie. Yeah, well, I guess before the movie. Uh, before the tale where this takes place. Apparently, at one point in time, uh, he was a pirate. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. They, the documentation that they have on the real life Hugh Glass, they said at one point in time he was. Apparently, he got caught in a bad situation where they told him, we'll either kill you or you become part of the crew. And so he became part of the crew. Uh, committed mutiny. Deserted the ship. Uh, eventually, was actually caught by a cannibalistic indian tribe where he actually watched two of his friends yeah get eaten and then afterwards became a fur trader and then the rest of this story happened okay so, like, i want a remnant prequel yeah same here <laughs> <laughs> well here's my okay so that means the native american focus with him is just made up some yeah. of it some of it is yes uh apparently he actually did have connections to the Pawnees, but there was you know there was quite a few different tribes America. Some were actually yeah. cannibalistic because uh there's some that just like uh they called white men long pigs as a justification to eating them, and then there was another tribe that like ate just the hands and feet of men to grow or to go stronger and grow faster. Um so like there were the you know, those tribes. Uh there were the tribes that were considered to be what do I say? Savages. No, well savages in the white man's eyes. I'm trying to think um the word that they use for like the friendly tribes, like friendly is probably the best way. The Pawnee were considered to be one of the friendly ones where he did spend some time with the Pawnee. Right. Which, but like the central focus of this movie is built off of a false narrative. It though. is. It is. And that's, that's crap. That's, but they mostly do it for the sake of dramatization and to have more of a moral message to it. I get, but like the morals based off falsehoods though. Yeah, it in is. In that sense. Like, yeah. So yeah, him that's problematic. Him shooting or him shooting an army captain to save his son, like that whole thing was made up. Him actually having a Pawnee wife was made up. Um his son being killed because he didn't have a son or uh, out in the middle of the South Dakota winter right. was false. And also because it was in South Dakota, there's no mountains in South Dakota. So he couldn't have been climbing mountainsides. <laughs> yeah. Like there's hills out I mean, there. He doesn't that's really it. climb in this movie either, let's be frank. <laughs> Just teleports. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's what they know. Like I said, it, it was one of those stories that was told orally and then eventually written down after been told how many, or X amount right. of times, and then had a book dramatized about it, and then had a movie made about it eventually. So, who knows how much is even really true at all. Exactly. It, it's kind of like the whole thing with the 300. Like, technically, yeah. that's based off of something that really happened, but it's been so dramatized to the point that, like, it just, you don't know what actually happened and what didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It's, that spoils kinda, it a lot. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. 
I do really want a prequel to that, though. So I mean, that's like that's the not the wor- Revenant at the, well, okay, like the book's probably also called the Revenant then, or yeah, no? it is. Okay, so which the, apparently the uh, the distribution rights for the movie uh, came out and are uh, were made in two thousand one because apparently the guy uh, who got the distribution rights was friends with the guy who wrote the book because the book didn't come out until two thousand two. It just, yeah, they've been trying to make I this feel, movie for a long time. I feel like this is not the same thing at that point, though. Like, this yeah. only thing is, like, having a revenge story through it and the names, but, like... And the fact that there was which a Which is why... Attack. It's right. why I don't want to say it's based off of a real... Or a true story. Yeah. That's why I say it's based off of real events. Even that is kind of... Because, like, you know, there was a man it. who did survive This is based off of real attack. events, like how Texas Chainsaw is based off of real events. Kind of? <laughs> know, like, but, yeah, like, nevertheless... Hugh Glass was a real person who really did survive a bear attack, really did dig himself out of his own grave, and then crawled 200 miles through uh, South Dakota to get back to uh, to a camp. Yeah. It's so, like, that really did happen. Pretty much everything else is dramatized. I don't... It just... I feel like there was just a different story than the one that was actually there and, at that point. Yeah, though, and that's why there's issue. that subplot of, like, you know, this is kind of, like... The way that the director saw it is uh, the beaver trade in America was kind of the start of corporate America in a way. And he wanted to kind of show that like this is the start of how things started to get real shitty for the Native Americans and how things kind of went downhill for them and how we started building up America as an industry instead of as a place and right. how it was kind of the death of the frontier. And I think that there's a way you can tell that story. The part that I, I think I'm on the same page with E here is that you didn't need to throw in the personalization with the Native American yeah. culture through the white man's eyes at that right. point. Because at that point, you're completely, you didn't need it to be that. Because that didn't happen. Yeah. But that's how they dramatized it for this movie, though. Yeah. And then, uh, I just remember, I, I was going to talk about, like, one of, like, a plot thing. Um, the re honestly don't actually need to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even the thing with the daughter doesn't actually add anything to this movie. Yeah, if you took it out, everything else would be the same, basically. Yeah, so that's again, My, and that's kind of unfortunate for what the director's trying to get at. When you can actually take the Native Americans out of your movie and almost have the same movie. Yeah, which and actually, I, I guess that's one thing I should say is, uh, the their encampment or uh, was actually attacked. Also, however, they did not lose thirty three men; they lost fifteen in real life. Because another thing that um they talked about or that Leonardo DiCaprio talked about in his acceptance speech was he talked a lot about global warming. Yes. Part of that had to do with the fact that like I said, a large majority of this was actually filmed in Alberta, Canada because of the crazy winters that they have up there. However, they started getting springtime conditions towards, uh, towards the end of shooting. So they had to push back production. I cannot remember exactly how much it was either somewhere between five weeks and five months. There was a five in there somewhere. They had to push it back. <laughs> <Five and years. laughs> they had to push it back quite a bit, though, because of the springtime conditions. And then filmed the rest of the movie down in southern Argentina, where they had similar uh, winter conditions. And so that's one reason why he was so big about um, global warming, is because they should have had winter way longer than they should have. But because of the effects of global warming, springtime came way sooner in Canada than it should have. Yeah. But yeah, that pushed production back quite a bit. It went um between that and like i guess the director wanted to shoot it chronologically <laughs> which i mean that they say that he, yeah. with the natural lighting bit yeah yeah but um between those two things 
things along with a couple other things like i guess towards the end you can see that in some of the shots in the movie too is wherever like he's walking around in snow but the surrounding area looks fine like is all green and like yeah. lush and everything yeah i guess they actually had to take snow in trucks and like are in like big i don't want to say like semi trucks but like you know like those big trucks that like you know put sand on the road yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like one of those kind of trucks so filled with snow and like drop them out into different parts so they can have snow in those areas and then eventually they just went down to argentina uh also because i was reading this on the imdb when i was looking up some other fun facts apparently that avalanche was real in the movie really yeah wow that was one of those they had to get it in that take kind of thing but apparently they actually had an airplane drop a charge onto the mountain in order to get that avalanche okay um, really that's a little odd when you're like hey global warming and stuff and you're gonna yeah. go out there and cause explosions in the ice also that looked really fake yeah so like, <laughs> that's what I read is apparently that was real, but it was hard to find some fun facts for this movie because, like I said, there's the documentary for this movie, and that's about it. All the other fun facts I had to look up online and like IMDb and other websites that talked about Hugh Glass and everything else. For yeah. this. but yeah, that was the Revenant. But uh, just to switch it up, E, hi, what would you rate this movie? All right, um, I'm gonna say. Learning about some of the actual history of it and then kind of getting into the background of making the movie kind of sours my taste, knowing that the Native American thing is kind of just thrown on and all like isn't actually necessary to the movie. Yeah. I I still think this is a very good movie, and I would implore people to watch it, even knowing some of the weird iffiness I had about that. But that like I can't I can't separate that myself um all that being said uh i think probably like uh i don't i think ultimately i'd still give it like a seven probably in okay. my eyes i think but the cinematography and a lot of how the movie is really hold it up in my opinion and i th- think this will honestly hold up very well throughout the years just maybe not with some of the plot right I think it's one of those I may have ruined the movie a little bit for you guys by telling I mean, you more about the real Hugh Glass. That's the thing that happens, though. Like, if you're going to say it's based off a real story and not have it based off the real story, yeah, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And then, Drya, what would you rate this movie? Yeah, I think me and E are kind of on the same page here, actually. That's first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I agree it's shot incredibly well. I really like the natural lighting thing. Leonardo DiCaprio does a good job. Um, There's movies where I think he's done a much better job than this um i'm not saying he doesn't deserve the award because he does but yeah knowing that they just shoehorned in a bunch of stuff that they super didn't need to is unflattering to put it lightly for me um it's it's uh, i agree with you i don't think that you shouldn't watch this movie because of it but i think it is important to know that going into it actually and that's why i wanted to let you guys know about that too is because it's important to know like the Back from fiction and like stuff that they shoehorned in there. Yeah, and I think that that will shine a much different light on the film than maybe we had originally thought of it coming into talking about us on the second half. Yeah. Um. So I do think that that's important to know. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with E on this one, which is really weird. Seven. Okay. I would give it a seven. Yeah. And then for me, as you guys know, I did like this movie. I think this is another one of those movies I've been trying to push for a while. Um, even though, like I said, I knew about like the whole real life uh, story of Hugh Glass and like how it differed from the movie and how this movie took a lot of dramatic liberties to make it more interesting, even though 
somebody digging themselves out of their own grave to make it back home or home from the wilderness after is, being a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, yeah. From what, if you look up like the real life of Hugh Glass or the Revenant's true story on there, you can find out some crazy things from it. Um, but yeah, like the real life Hugh Glass would, lived a pretty crazy life. If it's to believe that's to be believed too. Cause once again, right. like he didn't like write his own biography or anything like that. It was a lot of stuff that was told second and third hand. Yeah. But the story itself is still rather interesting. It is a story of preservation and survival and the resilience of the human spirit, I guess. And they did also try to show, uh, I guess, shoe in a couple things with global warming and like how the Native American tribes in America just got completely and utterly fucked over, which is also an important tale to tell. But there are better ways to tell it with that, too. Yeah. And like there's some things that were very much just unneeded. There's some symbolism in the movie that is vague and confusing like i said apparently like the um the tower of buffalo skulls was meant to like kind of show like a downfall of humanity like how things just started to get worse after that or something (laughs) and then like i guess the whole thing with the church i guess there's actually supposed to be a symbolism of death and rebirth in there and the Um, the canary flying out of the woman's chest yeah like there's a lot of weird (laughs) i'm not joking by the way that that, that does happen in one of the scenes um there's a lot of weird things that shoehorned in there and like i know he he had the best of intentions but it does come off kind of weird yeah on some of them and not the best way however this is still good movie it once again i would also recommend watching it but i'd I'd give it an eight i did enjoy even though like I guess in my way, it's almost like separating art from the artist and kind of thing. Like, I know they took dramatic liberties to it, but it's it was to make the story better and, like, tell the story that they wanted to tell. Right. Even though it differs from it, so it's real-life events, not true story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Some of it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of the point of the movie. Yeah, some of um, it is, it is an ultra-brutal movie to watch. Yeah. Just fair warning. Yeah. But it is a good movie. It tells a good, it tells a good tale. Yes. But if anybody wants to get a hold of us, um, they can do that uh, on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash L-O-I-P. Or if you want to email us directly, we have an email for that, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your revenants. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's do something different this week. E, why don't you take us out of here? Oh shit! Um, <laughs> if I believe in you, <laughs> if you're out there, please go ahead and get your vaccinations. Check online to see if you are eligible for your vaccinations and get both of them or just the one. I think Johnson and Johnson is just the one. Yeah. Uh, but even so, please remember to be safe. Do not go into overcrowded areas and just because the vaccine's out doesn't mean that we're all 100% immune from the virus now it is important to maintain healthy social distance and to not sneeze on your neighbors <laughs> good advice yeah <laughs> uh, as always be cleanly wash your hands wash your face wash your armpits all of these <laughs> I'm really nailing it I yeah know. you're doing great <laughs> But even if this is your first episode, or if you've been listening to us as far back as you can, uh, thank you ever so much. We appreciate all the support we get. 
Uh, and if you are going out, be safe. But if not, remember to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> good job. Good job. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hasta. I would 100% accept a sponsorship from a VPN. That would be great. That would That's be great. a good service, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> he was like, a little high. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get it to where I'm not peeking on laugh, too. <laughs> that was the weirdest laugh I've heard you do in a long time. <laughs> I love caffeine, too. <laughs> if it makes you cringe to think about, that means you grew as a person, really.